what it is guys it's your boy with another episode of analyzing today we got the champions league the round of 16 finished we're gonna go with the first leg and the second legs then we're going to the, uh, the draws all together and then the quarterfinal draws happen this friday today actually so let's get into it wow what psg versus Bayern in the first leg all right Bayern were the better team the whole game in my opinion they were, they were the more affirmative team and they got the goal at the 55th minute with coleman shooting it with his right foot i believe on the cross by alfonso davies the barbarians they controlled most of it until mbappe came on and he gave him a spark and he did score a goal but it was ruled off sides so the game ended 1-0 to the germans in the second leg it was in munich they were even the whole game Bayern had 45% possession to PSG's 55% possession Bayern had an xg of 1.72 to 1.10 12 shots to 10 in favor of Bayern and 5 to 4 of them on target also in Bayern's favor so it was pretty even until the 61 minute where Rati he loses the ball on a Bayern press and Chupomoting decides the game as he slots it through all right so PSG now after this goal PSG they know they have to go more forward because they have to score they're losing now by more goals so they have losing by 2-0 yeah I think by 2-0 at this point so like we gotta go and we gotta hustle and they leave themselves wide open at the back and that's when Narbury gets the goal at the end of the game so overall it ends 3-0 on aggregate in the two ties, the two, game, the two games, I think the Bavarians were the better team. They were more decisive. They played more direct football, which is my preferred style. I don't really like the possession game. It was just side of the possession game of side to side. I like direct football. Let's get into those, let's get those uh, through runs and through passes. And that's what I like to see, and that's how uh, Bayern play. The, the, the defense, the Bayern's defense really stood out to me, especially the licked saving that, uh, what is it called? That saving that Matinia goal off the line, the open Meccano, Stadisic, Gretzka, they were the most notable defenders to me. Uh, Kimmich also, Jan Sommer, the goalkeeper, he had a six combined saves in both ties. Uh, it seemed like they were both, it seems like the Bayern was on top of everything, right? They conceded zero goals in this tie, obviously. For PSG, <sighs> another year, another disappointment. Back-to-back -back years out in the round of 16 with this type of squad. It's just straight out shameful. Shameful that they can't pass the, the round of 16. They scored zero goals. And I blame their loss more on the attacking aspect rather than the defense. Because like the defense with Sergio Ramos, Marquinhos, Nuno Mendes... Danilo Pereira, they only conceded three goals in two games against a Bayern side. So, in perspective, it's not that bad. But when I focus on the, uh, when I'm talking about the attacking wise, I'm talking about Eminem, or I'm talking about Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. Let's start off with Mbappe. First leg, he didn't start, so you know, it's not that bad. But when he came on, he gave him give him a spark all right like i was saying he lit a he lit a fire under them but it was too late in the second leg however non-existent 
He was the lowest rated player of both teams. He had no goals, no assists, no chances created. He only touched the ball 32 times. That's the least of any outfield player this game. All right, he barely pressed and he only and when he did press it was at odd times at odd times you didn't need to like they're already down like they're already down and Bayern are near their halfway line and that's when he wants to press when it's just him when the, when the rest of the team is back like what are you doing so he just pressed at odd times horrendous horrendous like now I'm gonna give credit to Bayern's defense like I was saying they pocketed him right especially up on McConnell and the leg they keep an eye on it but if you're one of the best players in Bob, if you're one of the best players in the world, you have to do better. That's why they paid you this enormous contract. That's why you stayed at PSG. This is when you got to step up. And this is when you play the most horrendous football I've seen. And Bob is my boy. You guys know he's one of my boys. But I mean, I've kind of had not hate, but dislike ever since, you know, he kind of disrespect Real Madrid. But I still like him. And this is what he does. Got to do better. The end part of Eminem, Neymar. On the first leg, in the first leg, he had zero goals, an assist, one chance created, three shots. This is dispossessed once. Now, that's not great numbers. You could say he underperformed. In the second leg, gonna give him a pass because he can't play. All right, he's obviously injured. He injured his ankle in a league in game. Now he's out for the rest. Now he needs surgery, so now he's out for the rest of the season. But in the first leg, he underperformed. He ain't gotta do better than that. Messi. First leg, zero goals, an assist, one chance created, two shots, four times dispossessed. Not living up to the expectations PSG had for him. Not living up to those. And the second leg, I think in the first half he was better. He had three chances. He created three chances and he was fouled three times. He was fouled eight times throughout both legs. All right, the most of any player in this draw. I noticed that every time he got the ball, it didn't matter which Bayern player it was, bro. It don't matter where he was. All I seen was Kimmich, Gretzka, Musiala, Mueller. They would just delict. They would just throw themselves at Messi to dispossess him or foul him. And I think that played in the second half because in the mental aspect, because he just disappeared again. Like previous years, he's gone. So I don't know, man. What's going on, man? I have repeated this multiple times and I'll say it again Messi is the most protected player in football possibly in sports possibly in sports again after another catastrophe for PSG another disappointment and he didn't play well his supporters just, just can't acknowledge that Messi can't do no wrong in the eyes of his supporters or the majority of football fans that I've seen like they, they just can't see no wrong like, just admit that he didn't play well. What are you guys so insecure about? What, what are you, you guys say he's the GOAT. If he's the GOAT, why are you so insecure that he has one bad game? And, or a few bad games, and you're like, oh, and you just have to defend him. Like, he didn't play well. That's all he did. He just didn't play well. Damn, so insecure. Like, look at him. The eye test tells you. The stats tell you. He didn't play well. Stop being... Just not being so insecure and just say he got a bad game. These guys, these people want to blame the whole team before they get to him. Like, look at Messi. They're like, look at Neymar. Okay. Look at Mbappe. Look at the midfield. Can he play with that midfield? Fabian, Fabian Ruiz is not trash. 
bro can play. Vitinha, he's alright. I'm not gonna give you that. But Verratti's one of the best midfielders in the world, and you're saying he has nothing? Come on now, man. They want to blame everyone before they get to Messi, and that's just not wrong, bro. Like, just you want to give him all the credit, give him some blame sometimes. Give him some blame. Man, just PSG, just no humiliation. They can't do it. They just money can't buy the champions. Like, you gotta have heart, and I think for PSG to win, they gotta change their whole mentality. Gotta stop being a players' club. Gotta stop being a brand more than a club. Be a club, not a brand. But let's go on to the Milan versus Tottenham game. My uh, art draw in the first leg. Brian Diaz uh, made it 1-0 at the seventh minute. Uh, Milan and Tottenham had like 11. Actually, no, Tottenham is the one that had 11 shots and three on target. Couldn't really cover this game. It's mostly what I seen. Uh, the second leg was 0-0. Literally the only highlight was that the buses were late to the stadium. That was like the only highlight, to be honest. Uh, but Milan moved onto the quarterfinals with a 1-0 aggregate score. I'll be honest, y'all. I, I, I was barely watching this draw. I was mostly playing to the Bayern PSG game. And then when it's 1-0 in the first leg and then Second like zero zero. Are you really gonna watch? No, but hey man, Milan move on. They were my dark horses, so I'm looking good. I'm looking good. Dortmund versus Chelsea, the first leg. Beautiful counter goal by Kareem Dayemi in the 63 minute that kept Dortmund at a comfortable win. 1-0 in the second half. The first leg was an exciting game to watch right both teams were attacking uh chelsea's the one that scored their chances though as sterling made it 1-0 and then kai's penalty made it 2-0 uh dortmund had more of the possession at 60 percent but chelsea they were looking dangerous on the counter uh, both teams had 13 shots both of them had four on target but i think chelsea had the more had more quality in their chances as the xg shows they had a 2.0 xg compared to dortmund 0.8 I honestly thought Dortmund was going to pass. Like, I honestly thought they were going to pass to the quarterfinals due to the terrible form that Potter's team were on. But it looks like Potter's team, they're looking to change trajectory and turn the season around with this uh, win. You know, now they're going to focus on the Champions League, I'm pretty sure, because they're like 10th place in the Premier League. They're mostly just going to focus on Champions League. Uh, for both penalties, I said they're clearly a handball. It's clearly a handball on Wolf, and then clearly an encroachment on Reyna in the penalty box like you can see right when he's gonna kick he's already there so for me no discussion both penalties valid and chelsea pass on 2-1 in aggregate club bruges versus benfica on the first leg was 2-0 benfica were the better team they had more shots 14 compared to four they had a better xg 2.9 to 0.02 uh, this continued in the second leg because the portuguese club they squashed Brug 5-1. I mean, they squashed him. Uh, making himself a name in the World Cup was Gonzalo Ramos. He had to brace this game. Overall, he was expecting. I mean, everyone expected Benfica to pass. They're the better side. And they move on 7-1 in aggregate. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. From a Madridista perspective, right? I think we started off slow. Uh, Liverpool with their high press causes trouble in getting out like they always do. I don't know, we tend to struggle against their press. Uh, on the Liverpool's first goal, we were caught lacking, like we were just sleeping. It was a good back heel by Nunez. Second goal, 
it was error by Courtois because of the press, you know, Mo Salah got him and they go to the goal. And I think after that second goal, that's when we woke up. The squad woke up, they realized it's UCL Tuesday, and they were like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. It's the nights we come out to play. And that's exactly what happened. We started hustling, the individual quality showed. Both of Vini's goals, obviously, that was the first goal was in was quality. Second goal was hustle. He pressured and pressed the uh, Allison Becker to create that error. Header goal, just the header, and then the two Ben's goals, quality. Except for, you know, deflected off Gomez, but still quality. The Reds looks like they got tired out of their press, so they weren't pressing as much as the game continued on. We started dictating the tempo. Camavinga really stood out to me. He stood out to me the most in this game because, like, you know, Moldy obviously had a great game, but that's Moldy, bro. He's a legend, like, he's the greatest midfielders of all time. You know, I'm looking at the young players, looking at Kamavinga. Those first 15 minutes, he was struggling, bro. He couldn't, he was trying to find passes. He couldn't find any. He was struggling reading the game. He was dispossessed twice. But after a while, you know, he started settling in and started making attacks, stopping attacks, intercepting balls. He had two, inter- he had two interceptions. Uh, he was... He was keep going, and he had nine recoveries with six ground duels won. So it impressed me how he started four, but he didn't let that hold him back. He didn't let that hold him down, and he continued playing, and he just got better and better. So I like to see that mentality. And we won 5-2 in the first leg. In the second leg, in the Santiago Bernabeu, first half, que hermoso juego, no? Like, I, beautiful game, free-flowing, back and forth. It could have been more goals. But it finished 1-0 and 6-2 on aggregate as Real Madrid passed on to the quarterfinals. Overall, I think Madrid, we, were, we had the better chances. You know, XG 2.19 compared to Liverpool's 5.56. And we had four big chances compared to Liverpool's 0. And more shots on target, 8-2-5. I mean, you could clearly see that Ancelotti's plan was to get the ball on the left side with Vinicius Jr., and Benzema helping him overload that side. Because half of our attacks came from the left from the left side. Like 50% of the left side. 20% down the middle. And 23% down the right. Alright, Vini torched Trent. Like, Enconate, well, I'm focused on Trent. Like, he torched them, bro. Like, four chances created that Vini had. Five successful dribbles. Three or four of them being against Trent. While Trent was dribbled past six times, six times, and he attempted six tackles, none of them were successful. None of them were successful. I'm, I'm telling you, bro, Vinicius, he killed them. Every he just dribbled around and he went left, he went right, he changed directions. Like the speed and change of direction, incredible, man. Like it's just any torsion. And we need that against Barca. We need that against Araujo, Vinny. We need that. But let's see, man. Uh, we found a way out of that Liverpool press that I was saying, like, they just, that torments us for some reason. I don't know. Sometimes you just can't pass that Liverpool press. I think Ancelotti found something today. Uh, he dropped he dropped Benz, like, way deeper in the midfield. And that creates, like, a one-on-two versus Fabinho. Uh, with Modric, because you know Cruz is all the, always goes to the back line. He always goes to create uh, a progressive play. He usually always starts from there or a build-up play. Cruz always goes to the left side where the left back is, and usually it depends. If it's Mendy, he usually goes all the way back and Cruz stays back. But I mean, all the way in the front, and Cruz stays back. But 
we found that or if that doesn't work bro just you know have crews and motor crews they just go in the back line and they try to they have such individual quality that they could just dribble around the press or something but if that doesn't work we have get the benzema dropping creating that one two versus a midfielder and that usually gets off the press and we could dribble around that so i just found that cool that you know actually found that and that's great all right we need some tactics so let's go you know we, we, we struggle with that and we found something so that's great for liverpool uh, the best players in my opinion were nunez he had three shots and all of them were on target and then allison becker he had six saves in that second leg uh, i noticed when the reds had possession Salah and nunez they were damn near the sidelines like so we're so close to the touch lines for some reason i don't know they, they were so close on islands with nacho being against mo and then nunez versus carvajal i think Klopp probably did that because both forwards are faster and I, they try to take advantage of that with, with the low high little bit high line that we had like it, it was in Edermitao and rudiger weren't like near the halfway line but they were they were near there and that's what i think Klopp was trying to take advantage with the speed and it worked for a little bang on line when they got mowed the ball but then nacho he started settling in and then he got his stuff so it's my boy notch let's go let's go overall we own liverpool okay last eight matches counting this one dating back to 2014 we have beat them seven times seven times and we've only drawn once in those eight matches we have scored 70 goals and we've only conceded four Third straight year, we knock them out of the UCL. It's hilarious, bro. We own Liverpool. Third straight year, are you kidding me? I think, like, look. Uh, this year, obviously, is in the quarterfinals. Last year was in the final. We beat them in the final 1-0. And then, I think, 2021, we beat them in the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, it was in the quarterfinals. So, <laughs> that's crazy. Round of 16, final, and quarterfinals. We just own them, bro. Okay, it's not FSG. It's not the Fenway Sports Group that owns them. It's Real Madrid that owns them. It's Vinicius that owns them. <laughs> Let's get it, man. And we're moving on. Frankfurt versus Napoli. Uh, the first leg. The goal came from a Lozano pass. Chucky pass to Victor Osimhen. That was pretty good. And then the 2-0 came from Bichas assist to Di Lorenzo. Napoli were flying high and they beat him 2-0. In the second leg, Napoli showing why they're 18 points clear of the Scudetto. 3-0 thumping. All right, braced by Victor Osimhen. And one of them, he like jumped super high looking like Ronaldo. And then obviously the penalty by Zelensky, the little donkeys showing their class this season and in the game 60 percent possession 2.78 xg five big chances eight shots on target with 12 total shots and they only gave up one shot on target impressive overall the napoli they passed five zero on aggregate serial leaders are most likely to be dark horses to win the whole competition uh, I love their team. Spalletti is doing work. The three lethal attackers, the front three, Chuki, Victor Osimhen, and Javicha Gavaratskhelia. If I'm pretty sure I pronounced my boy's name. All right. I'm just calling him Bicha the whole time. It's his new nickname. Bicha, 
You got Kim Min Jae, the South Korean, the defender. He's pretty good. And you got, you got, you got people like Indombele on the bench who was linked to Real Madrid like a few summers ago. So, Napoli, they got the squad. I think they can make it pretty far. So, let's see. Inter versus Porto. The first leg, Inter were the better side by a small margin. I Inter had more possession at 60%. They had more shots at 18 but Porto had a higher XG at 1.65, and they both had four shots. Both teams had four shots on target. A game decided by the saves. Andre Onana was the player of the game. He had four saves, ten recoveries, and Porto's goalkeeper Diego Costa had three saves. Only goal was Lukaku's goal at the 85th minute. Second leg. Game was decided by saves. Onana, he had six saves and Costa had five saves. Difference was no goals this game. And Porto were the better side. They had more possession at 68%. They had IRXG at 1.69. And they had more shots, 21. And more shots on target with seven as Inter. They just parked the bus. You know, they were just trying to save their lead. And overall, though, Andre Onana was the most important player. He had 10 total saves. Inter better thank him as they move on 1-0 aggregate two quarter finals. Leipzig versus City. First leg in the first half, City had 70% possession. They were just playing side to side. Uh, credit Leipzig though, but I think they played so well defensively. Like Rose had them in a 4-4-2, like a sometimes switch off to a 4-2-4. They were extreme. I don't even know how. To, they were just so narrow. They cut off all the half spaces in the middle, so they could cut off Holland, and they just they couldn't attack together. They had to go through the wings. So, result of that, I noticed that they talked more to the right side with Walker, Mars, and Gundogan. They're all swapping positions to get across or you know, create something to get the ball in the middle. On the Marvers goal to 27 minute, you know, the pressure got to Shagler and then they passed it. They got him ball, Grealish, who found Marvers and then boom, scored the goal. Second half, City didn't press as much. I think probably due to fatigue. So then the German club, they attacked more. They looked more dangerous. And when Heinrich and Nkunku came on, Nkunku came on as Heinrich, he had two opportunities. He had a header and a right footer that went out of in the 70 minute on a corner Josh Gogo over the he jumped over Diaz and scored a header and both teams near the end both teams missed some chances Blaswich saving Gundogan's shot at the 73 minute and it ended 1-1 I go over the doll that first leg he was showing why he is wanted across Europe I think did a marvelous job versus Holland he beat him on a number of one-on-ones I think he beat him twice one-on-one duels and he had 11 recoveries, so he was showing out. But in the second leg, different story. I predicted the game was going to be more open. You know, if City, if City scored first to make it 2-1 aggregate, because then if they scored first, Leipzig would have to have to play attacking football. They would have to be more open. They would have to go more up front. They have to put the gas pedal, go more forward, and then they would leave themselves open, right? So then City would take the advantage. But I didn't see this big of an advantage. I did not see a 7-0 thump in. Did not see that coming. All right, the both halves relatively the same. Uh, the Sky Blues controlled both halves. 66% possession, XG of 4. 
They had 23 total shots, five goals for Holland, one goal for Gundogan, and one Golazzo from KDB. You know that word. He's put it on his right foot, out of the box, boom, straight to the right corner. Ain't no goalkeepers saving that, bro. But the Germans actually had more. They had a few chances, though. Not more chances, but they had a few chances to get back in the game because they were causing City trouble with their press. I ain't gonna lie, man. It was a little bit scary, but, you know, Ederson, he's got his feet so he could go around that. But contrary to the first leg, Leipzig was not as compact as as compact and a pep side they played more direct football a lot of through balls for holland i counted three one from Grealish, one from gundagon one from kdb and they didn't really play through the wings uh, they mostly played through the middle and i guess that's why you put stones at right back you didn't put kyle walker because they were really going through the wings they're mostly going through the middle so that was probably a plant that pep already had for the fouls and the missed fouls a uh, penalty on heinrich in my opinion that's no penalty. He barely grazes his arm. Replay, you could clearly see that it's barely grazing. It doesn't move the trajectory of the ball. I wouldn't have counted it, but they did. So, no. It's huge. It's, I, think, I think it's a big deal because it brings back to my OG point of City scoring. Like, if they scored first, it was going to open the floodgates. And that's how they got their goal. They were struggling at first to get the goal. But the penalty opened the floodgates. So maybe if they didn't get that penalty, it would have been a floodgate. would have been 7-0. would have been less. We don't know. So that's why it's a pretty big deal. Uh, the Ederson hit on Limer in the 34th minute. For me, that's a foul. right? Because Ederson, he's coming out of his box. He's not in his box anymore. And he just straight up just pushes Limer without even touching the ball. And what makes it worse, I don't even think Ederson needed to because Grealish was with Limer the whole time. Like he would just stayed back and then, you know, I'm not saying Grealish is the best defender, but he would have held them up a bit for the other guys to come. And then, yeah, he didn't, I don't, he didn't, Ederson did not need to get out of his box. So it was a foul for me. Overall, between the two uh, ties, you know, man, this, this is what we expect, all right? The citizens move on, the citizens move on, 8-1 aggregate. Leipzig though, I'm giving credit first leg performance. They made it very difficult for City to play their game, to pr to progress the ball. But in the second leg, you know, Pep's team showed their obvious superiority. Holland with his five goals this game ties Messi for the most goals scored in a UCL knockout game and that moves him to 10 goals this season in the UCL to become the top the competition's top scorer. Uh, he could have scored more goals, to be honest. He had eight shots on target. All right, People saying that Guardiola subbed him out because he's a messy fan and he doesn't want him to break it. I mean, that could be true. Like, I know it, ah, yeah, could, that could be a possibility. But it's the 60th minute. You're winning 6-0. Like, you know, why is he still on the pitch, bro? Like, what if he gets hurt trying to score? No, no, we don't want that, right? Because that ruins the whole season. Too much risk. He's out there. You're you're gonna win already. What if someone gets mad? What if the Leipzig players get mad and they just stomp? Boom, injured. Season done. I right, so so no. Right, it would have been cool to see him score six, but avoiding injury is the bigger picture. So I think that's why Pep took him out. And I mean, you know, I mean, it might be a little reason, might be a second reason why he took him out. But I believe the first reason is because he wanted to avoid injury. Uh, KDB, man, all the criticism he has gotten lately, he played a phenomenal game. 
this game. Four created chances, one goal, two shots. It's all criticism he's been getting. He just proved it. And he got it from the media, from Pep. He's showing back to... He's going back to his old self. So that's great for Mr. De Bruyne. The UCL quarter final draw. Bayern versus Manchester City. I mean, you could argue it's the most watering draw of the four, I would say. Uh, heard a lot of people, though, saying City's going to wipe the floor with Bayern. That's just blasphemy, man. Like, no, <laughs> like, bro, this isn't, this isn't Leipzig. Okay, the squad comparison, I wouldn't say it's overly matched, bro. It's pretty equal if you keep going. Like, Davis is better than Ake. I'd say the Ligt and Opamecano a little bit better than Diaz and Laporte just because Laporte is not better than Opamecano or the Ligt. And Ruben Diaz, you can make a argument. The midfield, I would give it to City because De Bruyne, Gundogan, Rodri, like, I think they're probably a little bit, they are a bit better than the Musiala, Mueller, but then Kimmich and Gretzka. I don't know. See, that's a little bit better. Not as much, but I guess you would give it to City. And then the front, just Holland. Holland's better than the rest, I guess. Oh, Mueller. I think Aubrey and Sane. Mane. I think they're better than just Hurling Holland by himself. But see, it's a pretty equal squad, is what I'm saying. All right. And then you look at the Citizens' history and the Champions League. And they just choke after choke job after choke job. So I'm not picking them. I'm not picking them. And then you, and then because, because I just, bro, like you've seen choke job after choke job. That's why I'm taking City to win the first leg 3 2. But overall, Bayern is going to pass. Like, it's just going to happen. So I'm, I'm going to pick Bayern to overall pass. But City's going to win the first leg 3 to 2. Also in the game, though, you got Cancelo and Pep versus their old club. See how Cancelo feels about that after that January transfer, even though he's on loan. So he come back. That's probably going to be pretty awkward. Pep versus Bayern again. Not awkward as much, but it's those old team they can never win a Champions League with. So let's see. Holland versus Bayern, old nemesis when he was with Borussia Dortmund. Fun fact, Holland has never beat Bayern. In seven games played against them, like five in the Bundesliga and two in the DF Pokal, lost all of them. Though, hey, buddy has five goals against them in all competitions, so that's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. Like, it's, it's pretty funny. Like, he has five goals. It's pretty good. So he scored in all except two games, but all, he's lost all seven games. So that's that's just like funny. You know, it's just funny to see. But so, but anyways, still think Bayern. They're gonna pass. They're gonna win. Prove a lot of people wrong. I can't believe people are saying they're gonna swipe the floor. Like no way. Like Bayern is passing. Abafinka versus Inter. Some people would say the Portuguese club is an underdog, but I'm picking them. I think they're in better form. And Inter just didn't convince me versus and that Milan. I mean not Milan. In that Porto draw, like they could have played way better. They have a way better squad than them, and they underperform in my opinion. So I'm gonna go with Benfica to win the first leg 2-0, and they're gonna overall pass to the semis. Crazy, they're gonna pass to the semis. Napoli versus Milan. Napoli too strong. A little donkeys too strong. I uh Milan beat them. No wait, no. The little donkeys beat AC Milan 2-1 in the Serie A earlier this season. 
but and I picked Milan to be my dark horse, right? But I'm switching to Naples, man. I'm switching to Naples. I just like their squad better, like you know I said on the the review game. They look scary, so I'm going with them. I think they're gonna beat the first leg, three one, and they'll pass to the semifinals. Real Madrid versus Chelsea. The third straight year we faced the Blues in the UCL 2021. They beat us in the semifinals uh, last year. We beat them in the quarterfinals. And then this year, we go against them in the quarterfinals. So 1-1. 1-1 right now. A lot of people heard, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. Chelsea might win. Potter's side has been on a three-game winning streak. Really? Really, don't disrespect Los Blancos like right though. Don't disrespect our tradition in the Champions League that. You said this last year, and look what happened. Like, no disrespect to Chelsea, but they're 10th in the Premier League right now. Okay? Like, no. Like, don't disrespect us like that. That's because they've been on a three-game winning streak. A three-game winning streak? Really? Really? And I know one of them was against Dortmund and Leicester. I forgot the other one, but... Really? Don't get, don't disrespect us like that, man. Okay, we're gonna win in the Bernabeu 4 2, and we're gonna pass to the semifinals. Book it. So, recap I'm picking Real Madrid, Napoli, Benfica, and Bayern to be in the semifinals. And we'll see after that. That was the episode, guys. See y'all in the next one. Peace.